He does a forensic check on the foundation. And where he needs to shake it, she shakes it. And that's why some of you went through some shakes and some, and, but he brought it around and look at you now. You've got a foundation. Your faith has a foundation that is stronger than it was last year. I'm already into next year. Amen. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, it's being a pastor is, 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 is really awesome. You know, many of you should become one. <laughs> It's really an awesome job, you know, it is because you get to do life with people. And, you know, over the few years that I've been here and pastoring, I've done life with many, many of you. You know, some of you were still in primary school. Some of you were not even born. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I started this out, I just had one child. So definitely, many of you were not married. <laughs> Shall I really tell you the truth? <laughs> and so it's been a wonderful journey for me, you know, to, to watch people get married, watch people have children, watch the children grow, the children start going to school. Watch people. It's been an awesome journey. And sometimes you sit and you have a little cry. A good cry. You know, a good cry. You go, oh, wow. That's the beauty about what I do. It's just watching what God has done. So a testimony that you give to me means a lot more than you can imagine. Because to you it's just, oh, let, me, let, me, let me just give this testimony. Let me just record this little thing. But you don't understand what it means to a person that has been watching you. When you start to talk about what God has done, it's like awesome. Because I'm not just looking at what you're talking about. I also listen for how your language has changed. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. You know? Like I give glory to God. I'm like, whoa. You know? I'm like, right, when I met you, you were a DJ. <laughs> but you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So it, it's, I, I really feel great. You know, watching the testimonies, you see a lot more of what God has done than the story. Yeah. There is a lot more behind the story. Because how many, know, how many know that, you know, when you picked your phone and you started recording and you did take one, some of you take two, some of you take hundred, you know, and, and, and you couldn't fit it in one minute, you know. <laughs> it's, it's quite a good exercise, though. It makes you think about what really God has done. And then you share what God has done. Amen. Amen. Oh, but we know he has done more. So I've enjoyed a lot watching this year what God has really done. You know, and I'm looking forward to what he's doing in the next season. Amen. Amen. And I'm already looking forward to what he's doing in the next season of our lives. How many know it is God who determines the season? Right at the beginning, he decided to put the moon in there. He decided to put the sun out there. And he decided that there's going to be seasons. So some people say, oh, it's not that important when we shift into a new year, unless you are the one that designed time. 
I know God designed time. Hello? And so heaven is aware when you shift into a new year. Be very sure of that. Be very sure of that. And that's just not me guessing. Actually, Paul reiterates the same thing. The God who set boundaries and the times where people must dwell. That perhaps they may seek him. That's in Acts chapter 17. Are you with? Oh, chapter 20, sorry. Are you with me? So he designed this. So when we're shifting into a new year, be very sure heaven is also aware. There are seasons. In this world. The Bible puts it this way. Seed time and harvest. Will not cease. That's how the Bible describes seasons. Seed time and harvest. But it's really talking about what? Seasons. Amen. There is another season coming your way. Yeah, a few people are excited. The rest of you, I don't know what you're doing here. There's another season coming your way. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. How many are excited for a new season? Yeah. You see, if you're a farmer and you planted some crops and it didn't work last season and the new season comes, you don't keep mopping and crying about last season. You get up and respond to a new season. Are you with me? New season is a new opportunity. We can reset this stuff and start again. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. He's a good God. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I won't take much time. That's what I said. It might not be true. <laughs> but I want us to... to I, I'll do a few things before I take you to the communion. Okay? It's a communion Sunday. But I'll do a few things. I, I, I will share with you slightly a bit more in-depth of what we are believing God we are moving into as a next season. I will start... Digging into that. But those of you that have been here since November, you knew, you know, I shifted and started talking a little bit about that. Amen? Amen. I no longer believe in just talking about it on one day, okay? Because if it's a season, you got to respect it very well and understand it very well and know what's going to happen and what is required of you. Because if you don't cooperate with a season, you don't get the harvest. Mm-hmm. So today I'll, I'll go again a little bit Little, just a few scriptures just to go a little bit in depth on the issue and then we're going to have jo- a job on our hands. We're going to pray in here. Amen. We're going to pray in here. We're going to ask for the Father's hand in here. We're going to ask for the Father's presence. We're going to ask for the Holy Spirit in here. We're going to pray and shift the season within us. Amen. And we will understand what God has for us. Then after that, I will lead you into some declarations. I have no, we have no service tomorrow. So I'll lead you into some declarations. Then when we come again next Sunday, we will do a little bit more. Are you with me? Yes, Lord. <laughs> this has to be your year. Yes. <laughs> this one. It has to be your year. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah,
So I was praying and I was praying and I, and I prayed that you would understand. And I prayed that God would give me the grace to speak his word over your life. That the word I speak over your life may have grace to order your destiny. <laughs> That's what I prayed. Before I start going into the word, I want you to pray one prayer. I want you to pray that God may speak into your life now. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. I want you to get ready to open your heart and say, God, give this man whom you've given the might utterance to speak the word that will shift me into my next season, into my life. Just you. Begin to pray. If you don't open your heart for God to speak to you, this mic is useless. Just, God, I open my heart. Just pray, 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 pray. Thank you, Jesus. Kidadosa kadaba. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. As your children are praying, I pray for utterance. I pray for utterance. I pray for utterance. I pray for grace that the word of God will shift lives. That the word of God will shift lives. That the word of God will shift. We thank you, Father. 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 We thank you, Lord. Oh God, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Stand with me. We're going to do, we're going to do a very key scripture. Stand with me if you can. Stand with me. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. And you're going to read it with me. Romans chapter 8. Now we begin to do these spiritual things, and this is how we're going to build our lives. Hallelujah. I want you to read verse 14 of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 14, just verse 14. One, two, three. For as many as are laid by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Read it again. Read it again. Just verse 14. Now skip to verse 22. Verse 22. Verse 22. Read it again. Verse 22. For we know that the whole creation grows and labors. Okay. Creation. Verse 23. Not only that. Mm-hmm. Waiting for the adoption. Are you with me? We know that creation groans. Not only that, but even ourselves we groan, waiting for the adoption. Hallelujah. When we start talking about this season as being a season for the manifestation of sons, this is a season 
that has been anticipated greatly by creation, by ourselves, and by the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus makes intercession. This season is a season God has anticipated greatly to manifest his children in the earth. Are you with me? This is a season that God wants to release of our lives. To manifest his children on the earth. That all of us may come to a place of maturity where we can manifest as God's children. As God's sons. Are you with me? Son speaks of maturity. Son speaks of also entitlement to the father's estate. Two things. This is a season God has greatly anticipated for you and me to come into a place where heaven opened for Jesus and he opened his mouth and he said, this is my son. It is your season to be announced. Are you with me? It is your season for God to announce you as his child. Are you with me? It is your season for God to announce you. It doesn't matter what career path you've been on and you've been struggling like everybody else. It doesn't matter what you've been trying to do and it's been struggling with you like there's no oil in the engine. This season, you will see God begin to announce you to creation. He will announce you to the people around you. He will announce you to the things that have been hindering you. And nothing will stand in your way. Come on, begin begin to thank God. Just begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. God, I receive my season. 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 Oh, Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, get excited. If you knew what God is about to do, you would get excited. You would get really excited. Ah, thank you, Jesus. I receive my season. I receive my season. My God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Woo. Hallelujah. Are you ready for this? Are you really ready for this? Are you ready for this? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, take your seats for a moment. Take your seats for a moment. I just, I wanted you to get there. Take your seats for a moment. We used, Joy, we used to sing a song. You remember, we used to sing, you used to sing a song by Sinach. You remember that song we used to sing. I'm not going to ask you to sing, but you remember it. I believe this is my season. It's time to shine again. Ah, we might bring it back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Uh-huh. Now let me take you slightly deeper into these things. Okay. I, I want to talk to you about uh, it's a, I'm calling this Father and Sons Unlimited. Are you with me? Father and Sons Unlimited. That's the company that you're part of. Father and Sons Unlimited. Unlimited. Uh-huh. 
You might as well get that t-shirt. You know? Father and sons unlimited. That's where you've entered. As of today, you should know you are all very employed. Hello? <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter whether you don't have a job right now, but you are very employed. You've got work to do. You are in father and sons. And you are not limited. Hello? You see, there is a sense that I want to drive as I speak about this. I want, to, I, want, I want you to, when you see in the Bible, you see certain people. You see people like Enoch in the Old Testament, in Genesis. Men that walked themselves into a place with God where nothing could hold them back. Until God himself decided to take him. He walked himself into a place where death was not a limit to him. The Bible says Enoch was no more. Because the Lord what? Had himself what? Taken him. Hello? Hi. This is the company you want to join. Trust me. Father and sons are limited. When men like Abraham could have children when they are 100 years old. Maybe let's talk about Sarah. Unlimited by the clock of life. Unlimited by biology. Hello? You see, when you get in this company, there is no limit on your life. Shall we talk about men like Moses that walked themselves into a place where they could actually part a sea? <laughs> you heard about your transport. Moses could part a sea. Part the sea. Hello? You see, when Moses cried to God, he said, God, God, look, the Egyptians, they are chasing us. There's a sea in front of us. There are mountains everywhere. Did you bring us out here to die? God looked at Moses and said to Moses, ah, why are you crying to me? Because you have come into father and sons. Moses, you can do something about this. When we're talking about God manifesting you as sons, he's bringing you into a place where nothing can limit you. Are you with me? Shall we talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and the, the bad Negro? <laughs> when you think they are finished and you throw them in a fire, and even that cannot kill them. You see, God has this thing that you see, this thread that runs in the word of God, in the Bible. It, it, this thread, you see, where he takes certain people and he brings them to a place of maturity where they go beyond time, they go beyond space, they go beyond any matter in terms of limitation. Hallelujah. And he calls them sons. Yes. This is real. <laughs> it is so real when I'm talking about this season I know what I'm talking about what God will do with you will bring you beyond every limitation that has been in your life or in your family or in, in, in any way not even your bad habits will limit you you, you're not hearing me you, you're really not hearing me because Moses did not become unlimited because he was a great guy. He became unlimited because God brought him into that place. 
The father who makes you unlimited changes you. Are you with me? Are you with me? And some of you have good habits that are always stealing from you. Every time you make it, they steal from you. Every time you go further, the bad habit manifests. That is, God is going to break through your life and that thing will not be a limit anymore. My God. What about people like Isaac? In a drought. It is dry in the ground. It is so dry. And yet, he reaps a bumper harvest. You you don't get it. (laughs) It's dry. The animals are dying. It's dry. The man begins to think, I need to leave Egypt, uh, this country and go to Egypt. And God says, no, 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 no. Son, you don't know what you came into when you came into this. You are unlimited. Unlimitable. (laughs) Unlimitable. And God says, no, no, you plant in this same place. And Isaac stays and he planted in a dry ground. And the Bible says, the next year he reaps a hundredfold. How does this happen? God manifesting his sons. Do you understand this? Where God wants you to come? What about Daniel? Should I just keep rattling these names? (laughs) What about Daniel? Lions, hungry lions, failed to eat him all night. You see, you would think it's a fluke just for two hours. But all night. (laughs) These are are hungry lions. But God can bring you into a place where you are unlimitable. There is nothing that can get you. Because he brings you into a place of sonship. Are you with me? There's many examples in the word of God. We talk about Peter and we forget he actually walked in water. (laughs) We preach and we say, oh, Peter, if he had kept his eyes on Jesus, he wouldn't have sunk. But Peter actually walked on water. (laughs) The only one among the disciples that tasted that kind of glory. The only one. The rest were in the boat. <laughs> he sank, so what? He sank. Let, let me tell you what happened. He walked, sank, Jesus picked him up. Do you think they flew back to the boat? He walked back. He walked back to a boat on water. You should understand this place. We talk about men like Paul. When he's preaching, a young man falls and dies. And Paul continues to preach and then goes down, wakes him up, and then continues to preach. My God. Unlimited. Unlimitable. Are you with me? And this thing is real. These are not fairy tales. It is real. If God decides and says, I'm bringing you up here. You know, the Bible says, who has he ever said to? Has he ever said to any of the angels, sit here at my right hand 
and watch me make your enemies your footstool. He only says that to sons. And when he says, come now, you are mature. I bring you up here as a son. You understand time cannot hold you back. Space cannot hold you back. There's nothing in the material world that will hold you back. And so for those of you that begin to understand this season very well, you are so unlimitable this year. Trust me. (laughs) You will change things. You will tame lions. This year. You see, Joshua was having a fight. (laughs) Just a fight. Okay, he was having a fight. It's just a war. They are fighting. And, and, and they are losing and, and, and they want to defeat the enemies. They begin to win and they begin to pursue the enemies. And Joshua figuratively looks at his watch and realizes there's not enough time to finish this thing. And so what did he do? He stopped the sun. He stopped the sun. Yeah. And now, pause for a second. Does the sun stop? Does the sun even move around the earth? So what did Joshua really stop? You can't explain these things. But you should understand. The sun stood still. Well, if you understand your science very well, it means the globe stopped to move. Wow. Wow. So that Joshua can finish pursuing the enemies. You are going to be taken beyond what you're experiencing. I don't know. There's some things God did in the Bible that are so ridiculous. There's a guy I'm named after called Philip. (laughs) I don't know how many Philips you know me. I'm named after this one. (laughs) If they named you after Nebuchadnezzar, it's your problem. <laughs> Change it. <laughs> huh? And the guy, and the guy, the guy, the guy Ed is running away. He's a fugitive. He's running away from persecution. Ends up in a place called Samaria. <laughs> and the Bible says he turns the whole place upside down. And then the Spirit of God says to him, Now go to this place and you will meet a man. And, and he goes there, he meets a man, he leads him to Christ. The man looks on the side and says, there's water there. Why can't you just baptize me? Philip stops and baptizes the man. But there is something ridiculous there. That when Philip finishes baptizing the man, the job is done, eh? The Bible says, then he vanished from the place. And he finds himself in Azotus. Now you'd ask me, why would God do such a thing? Why would... I don't know! You are unlimitable. Amen. Why would God do such a thing? For the same reason he would feed 5,000 people on two fish and pastors. Are you with me? Because he could have sent them away to go eat at home. But he chose to do two fish, five loaves. Let's feed all of you. <laughs> Let me show you that there is nothing that limits me. And so he took the fish and the five loaves and he said, sit them down. That's your place. 
That's your place. Amen. You know, I, I really want you to go home and say, I believe this is my season. Nothing should limit you anymore. Amen. Not your bank account, not the people you don't have, Amen. not the teachers. Nobody should limit you. Amen. Not even people in authority should limit you. Oh, yes. Are you with me? I don't know whether you heard of this one about Paul and Silas yeah. in prison. Yeah. Did you hear of that one? Yeah. And they thought they had changed them. Right in the center of the prison. They thought they have limited these guys. They cannot preach anymore. Yeah. It's done. It's done. You see, when you chain Paul, he was a tent maker by profession. You chain his business as well. The man cannot preach but cannot make any money even. They thought they have chained Paul and Silas. They thought. But you heard that at midnight, what happened? That they were just minding their business. Praying, singing and praising God, and declaring God's goodness. You heard what happened, right? The Bible says an angel turned up in the room, struck both sides, the chains fell off, and they were out of prison. Are you with me? Yeah. The jailer came running trying to kill himself. Yeah. Unlimited. No one will shackle you. No one will shackle you. When you understand what I'm talking about, maybe you didn't hear about Peter. Did you hear about him? That he was sleeping in prison. And the angel turned up and slapped him a little bit. And he woke up, and the angel says, come with me. And he started following. And he writes himself, he says, I, I thought I was seeing still a vision. And as he's walking, he goes to the first gate, it opens by itself. He's thinking he's seeing a vision. You would think it's a dream. And he, and he opens the second gate, and he gets out, and he's on the street, and the angel says to him, uh, it's done now. <laughs> and leaves him to go. And then he wakes up and he comes to his senses. It is not a dream. I am actually unlimitable. There is nothing that can limit you. When God declares over you, this is my son. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There's a reason in the story of the prodigal son. That the prodigal son, when he kept saying to his father, I do not deserve this. I do not deserve this. The father brought the robe. Let's put it on him. I do not deserve this. Make me a servant. The father says, bring the ring. Bring the ring. Bring the ring. He puts it on him. After that, you don't hear the boy complaining or crying. Because he realized there was a party being thrown for him. When his older brother came, we don't hear of the young brother. Because he was inside the party. It's time you joined your own party. Because yeah. <laughs> some of you still going, really? Me? Unlimited? Hey, take the rope. Yeah. Take the ring. Get inside. It's your party. Yeah. Yeah. What about what you squandered? Who cares? Hmm? Who's talking about it? The one talking about what you squandered is outside. You are unlimitable. Your father is making you unlimitable. Are you 
with me. Unlimitable. This is the kind of thing that made the martyrs of old to face lions, to face, to face crosses being burnt on the stake. They faced all those things because they understood this one thing. There is nothing that can limit me. Paul put it this way, I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. <laughs> Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. Are you with me? Yes. Are you with me? The devil cannot threaten you with death. Amen. You died already on the cross. Yes. Amen. Hello? Hallelujah. If he comes threatening you with prison, you look him in the eye to say, remember Peter? Do you remember Paul? Which of these did you successfully imprison? If it comes to threaten you with sickness, you say, okay. Do you remember Dorcas? <laughs> when you think you win, Peter turns up and she rises again. Hell yes. Just like before, she begins to do what she was doing. The greatest seamstress, Josie, that's for you. <laughs> The greatest seamstress rises again. Joseph, I do believe your business will rise again. Joseph, did you hear me? I do strongly believe this job you're doing is temporarily. I, I, I do believe your, your warehouse is coming. I do believe that. You're running a few people around you. I, I do strongly believe that. You know, and, and, and the Lord who brought you here and established this foundation he has done this year you see what he's going to do. Yeah. You see, me, when I look at you, I see you in your own house. Yeah. Hello? Hi. Are you with me? Yes. You guys are, we are unlimitable. Come on, say, I'm unlimitable. I'm unlimitable. Mm. Nothing will limit you. Yes. Because your father decides this is my son. Let me show you something. Go to Galatians chapter 4. Just in case somebody goes home and they say, what did the pastor read today? And they will say, he didn't read the Bible. He just talked about unlimitable. <laughs> Let me help you out. What I'm giving you is the word of God. Fresh. Life and spirit. Amen. Are you with me? <laughs> limits are not for you anymore. Why? Because limits are for children. Amen. When you become a son, I told you sonship is about what? Maturity and what else? And ownership. The word, the Bible, Greek word, Used for son, which is H-U-I-O-S. Wios. It means, it has connotations of what? Maturity and what else? Inheritance. Inheritance. Two things. Hello? But you see, in the Bible there's so many times, the English Bible will keep, keep saying children, children, children. But you won't understand it's using different words. Sometimes it's using children to talk about 
like children, as in babies, as in infants, as immature. So sometimes when it says children, it's actually talking about immature people. And sometimes when it says children in the English, it's actually talking about mature people. Are you with me? Now let me show you this case. In, in, in Galatians chapter 4, let's read verse 1 to 4. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is a master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. You need to be seeing this with your spiritual eyes. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. So God turns children into sons through Jesus. But you see, the words being used there for children is a word that is talking about babies. So Paul is saying, at some point in this world, we were like babies. Hello? We might have known about God, but we were like babies. And how does he define babies? He says, babies are those who were ruled over by the elements of this world. Did you get that? In some translations, it explains what the elements are. There is a bit of a confusion, but it's a clear understanding that elements there stands for basic principles, basic uh, rudiments of the earth, basic spiritual stuff as well. Are you with me? Some some people begin to interpret that as also demonic authorities that have power over the face of the earth. Whichever way you look at it, Paul described children or babies as those who are limited by certain forces of the earth. Did you understand that? That's how he describes them. He says that we were children, like children, just like an heir who's a child, is though he's a master, is subject to guardians. We also, we were like children, controlled or molested and abused by the elements of this earth. I hope you get it. So those that are controlled by elements or limited by elements of the earth begin to be children. Now you can take that word further. The words he is using for elements there. It goes further into spiritual forces, even into natural forces. No wonder Jesus was never subject to any spiritual force, an, an evil spiritual force, or subject to any natural force. Do you understand? He could calm a storm, walk on water. He could do things like that. And rise from the dead and and, and then go up to heaven. Just for control. eh? Just for control. Goes to a mountain and makes them watch him go up. (laughs) He could have done it in secret. He would have said, you stay here, you stay here. But, you know, just for control, you know, after showing himself for 40 days, you know, 
Now they are all going with him, and then he stands there and he speaks to them, and the angels come and he begins to go up, and they are watching him go up. What about gravity? He's not subject to anything. And the angel makes it worse when he comes and says, what are, what are you looking at? <laughs> this is amazing. We have to look at this. He says, no, no, no. The same way you see him go. It's the same way you see him come. It's like, how? How does a man go? And just in case you thought it was a fluke, he will come the same way. Behold, he comes riding on the clouds. Woo! These things you believe are real. And they are for you too. Amen. The Bible says he, be, Jesus became the son so that, you know, even here on earth when he died, so that we may receive the adoption as what? Amen. Sons. He's not going to be a son that is different from us as sons. He calls us brothers. The idea is to become a son like he is a son. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. If you don't understand that, then you begin to believe in replacement thinking. Like, oh, we, are, we replace Jesus and all that. We don't replace him. You know? You know? My, my father had five sons. I've still not replaced any of them. Amen. <laughs> I'm one of his sons. We were playing a joke yesterday with my brothers. You know, my brothers uh, were, were having a wonderful Christmas party in, in, in South Africa. And, 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 and they all had to dress like our father day, you know. I wasn't there. And, you know, my dad used to wear a short-sleeved shirt and his top pocket. You remember those, those, those men of that generation? Their top pocket, this one, always full of things. <laughs> and so my brothers decided to compete. You know, they were like, each one was wearing one and they would put their diary in there and then they would pause. And <laughs> so we were laughing. But they are all my father's children. And they said I should judge which one looks more like our father. <laughs> that was a very trick question. So I went for the one that is about to give me some money. <laughs> but Paul said, children. Children are the ones we put fire guards for. That's the understanding. Children are the ones we put, you know, you know the, the, the gate on the stairs. You put it for children. Right? The elements are there to control the children because they are children. But once they become mature, if you come to my house, there's no fire guard anymore. They have grown up now. If you come to my house, the stairs are free. They have grown up now. Actually, they slide down the stairs. I don't know how they do it. Children have strong bums. <laughs> down the stairs. Are you with me? So Paul is saying the elements were there to control our children. Nepios, babies. And he says, but we know, when we get adopted as sons, we come into a place where there are no longer limits. Hello? Hello? You see, you say to your children in your house, you put so many limits. These are their things. You buy them the TV, you buy them all their stuff. But because they are young, there are certain things you stop them from doing. Amen. It's theirs, but they can't do it. You do it for them, right? Yeah. But it's for them. Yeah. You see, in my house, if we buy our children sweets, 
then we have to, we have to put a lock on that thing. Because they are all, they are just sweet tooth people. All of them live in my house. <laughs> They'll hammer a box of chocolates like, you know. So you buy it for them, but you control. Are you with me? But it will be a problem if I have to do the same when he's 26, 27, 28. I'll be like, ah, get your own house winner. <laughs> because you have your own money. Now if you can't control how to buy chocolates, and <clears throat> you'll be homeless eating chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you spend all your money on chocolates. Hello? So for children, we put control. But... Also, it begins to mean when somebody matures, we remove the limits. So when God begins to call you a son or his child, what he's saying is from you, I'm removing the limits the elements had on you. What are elements again? I'll talk a lot more about this next week. But, you know, but it's, it's a big subject. But the elements begin to talk about, I've said it, spiritual forces. It begins to talk about also natural forces. So when God said to Jesus, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Immediately, there was now no limitation on the ministry of Jesus. Now he could meet a woman who's going to bury her only son and touch the coffin and the sun rises. Immediately. Now he, he, he could... He, it, it seems Mary understood these things better than most. Because when he turned up at a wedding and there was no wine, she knew he could make wine. She didn't care how. She knew he could make wine. Immediately there's no limitation on Jesus. Just like literally no limitation. Jesus, you don't have grapes, but he can still make wine. <laughs> How would you like that? You don't have grapes, but you can still make wine. My God. I, I, you should catch this thing spiritually. Because most of you, you think because you don't have that paper, that degree, that you cannot do. Listen, you don't have grapes, but you can make wine. There's no limit on you. By all means, if you're a student, keep studying. But you understand what I mean. <laughs> Sons are not limited. Just like the father is not. Let me read you this last bit. How we become very unlimited. Galatians chapter 18. We're just in Galatians. Chapter 5, sorry. Uh, I thought you would shout. Pastor Phil, there's no chapter 18. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read you this one from the Passion Translation, okay? Because I just like the understanding, the way they phrased it. Chapter 5, I'm going to read verse 18. And you will see what I mean, that sons have no limits. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you catch this one, I will finish very quickly. Galatians 5, 18 to 23. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit, oh, Shandai, 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 the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domin domination of the law. Amen. 
but soaring above it. <laughs> you see? Who makes us sons? We read that Romans chapter 8, 14. The Spirit of God. Those that are led by the Holy Spirit are becoming what? Sons of God. They're becoming the mature ones. So he says, when you are brought into this fullness of the spirit of grace, which is into this maturity, this adoption, when you are brought into it, you will no longer be living under the dominion or the domination of the law or the elements. Are you with me? People keep thinking, oh, Paul is just talking about the Jewish law. No, he's writing to the Galatians, the Gentiles. I hope you get it. Because every time he writes about, you know, actually the theologians have helped us. When he's writing about the Jewish law, that's a capital L. Okay, that can help you as well. Okay? So he's talking about the elements can no longer limit you when you are brought into this fullness. Here is what can limit you. The cravings of the flesh. That's what you're going to deal with. Did you hear me, bro? That's what you're going to deal with. This is what can limit you. This is the only thing that can limit you. The cravings of the flesh. The obvious. The Bible calls them the what? The acts of the flesh. And it says these are what? Sexual immorality. It limits you. It's going to limit you. God brings the spirit upon you and brings you into fullness, into adoption as a son. But these works of the flesh are what causes us to be limited. Are you with me? So he says, sexual immorality limits you. Lustful thoughts limit you. Pornography limits you. Chasing after other things instead of God limits you. Manipulation limits you. Hatred of those who get in your way limits you. You understand why I'm reading the, the, the Passion Translation? <laughs> Resentment when others are favored limits you. Temper tantrums limit you. Angry quarrels limit you. Only thinking of yourself, selfishness, limits you. Being in love with your own opinions, conceited, puffed up, limits you. Being envious of the blessings of others limits you. Murder limits you. Uncontrolled addictions limit you. Even wild parties or orgies limit you. And all other similar behavior. Ah, I just put the works of the flesh in a very different light for you right now. This is the reason you should hate these things. They will limit your manifestation. Every time the devil tries to stir up the works of the flesh in you, in your body, anywhere, he's trying to limit you. Every time he makes you, every time, walking in a quarrel, walking in, a, in strife, walking, he's limiting you. Every time in your house, everything starts to go up, you know. There is every reason for a fight. Just know somebody is out to limit your sonship. Are you with me? Don't let him pull a fast one on you. The works of the flesh work 
contrary to the spirit. That's what it says. What does that mean? What is the work of the spirit to make you a son? So the works of the flesh work contrary to the spirit. What is the work of the flesh? Of, of the flesh? To pull you back. And people, people are drunk and thinking they are enjoying themselves. They don't understand. They are being pulled back. People are committing adultery and thinking they are enjoying themselves. They don't understand that's pulling you back. <coughs> you see, God is not really bothered so much about every hour. He is bothered about the fact that you are being pulled back. <coughs> that's what bothers him. He, God is big to handle your lie. You cannot lie to him. He's so big he can handle your darkness. It's nothing. But it's the fact that it pulls you back. So he, he brings you, come on my son, I'm making you limitless. You are unlimitable. And then the works of the flesh is the only weapon the devil has to steer up a counter reaction. To bring you into a place where you are abased again. You understand why you're going to stand up and you're going to say, no, 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 flesh, no, no. Huh? You stop arguing. Oh, where is it written in the Bible that this is sin? My brother, the train is moving. <laughs> you want to argue. You want to ride. Huh? It doesn't matter. You know, you, you know, when you're on the train, it doesn't matter that you bought the ticket. You might have bought the expensive one, the most expensive one, sat in first class. You mess up, up have a fight with a conductor, you're off the train. And some of us have too many fights with the Holy Spirit. You know, but why? I can do this, surely. I'm allowed. I'm enjoying myself. It's my life. Get off the train. It's limiting you. It is you. It's limiting. It is you. He says the works of the flesh are contrary to what the Spirit wants to do. What the Spirit wants to do is to confirm you as a child. And how does he do that? Read on. Read on and we're going to finish. Are you, are you there with me? Yes. <laughs> he says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. In all its varied expressions. Okay, I'm going to change your understanding of that a little bit. Somebody said divine love. This is not just love as you see it on telly, people. <laughs> There's no love on telly. This is God himself. This is, do you remember John writes and he says, God is love? Yeah, divine love. <laughs> Romans 5, 5, the Bible says, by the Holy Spirit, he has shed abroad his love in our hearts. When the Holy Spirit comes, this is how he makes you. A child of God. He puts the same love. That makes God God. In you. My God. This is not about goosebumps. and No, no, no. There's a certain love that makes God powerful. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, there's a certain love of God that makes him so powerful. Are you with me? It's the divine love that makes God really God. 
Oh, how he loves us so. Now you understand why John writes and says, Behold what man of God. It's in there. The Holy Spirit comes and releases that in you. Are you with me? Are you with me? Okay, I'm over time, but this is the last Sunday. Let me finish. And now, this is how you understand the fruit. Everything else that is mentioned there is an expression of this love. Joy is an expression of this love. Peace is an expression of divine love. Are you with me? Faithfulness is an expression of this love. Gentleness is an expression of this love. No wonder the writer calls it the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. Now, if I had more time, I would take you to 1 John chapter 4 and 1 John chapter 5 and show you that actually John also writes the same thing when he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will produce his fruit of love in you. John just leaves it at fruit of love. Paul is the one that adds all these things now to say, let me show you what this love is. It is not just love the way you understand it. It is peace. It is joy. Are you with me? And some people have got names of it, right? It's part of love. Hello? And so he says, joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Hmm. When did you see peace subdue? My God. This is God's divine love. Patience that endures. Now you thought, oh, patience endures. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) The patience that actually endures. You see the ten virgins? You remember those in the Bible? You know? Some had patience, patience that endured. Some had patience that did not endure. And those without patience that endured missed out. Hello? You need this. Kindness that acts or in action. A life full of virtue or power. Faith that actually prevails. Gentleness of heart. Spirit of strength, I have no time to read the rest, but I want to read you this last part. Against such, there is no Did you see that? Against such what? Such people with this fruit. There is no limit. Maybe you don't see it that way. The flesh limits you, but when the Holy Spirit produces this love in you, he turns you into a son. And how do you know? Because against such, when they begin to walk in love, you know, and it's beginning to manifest itself in peace and in joy and in faithfulness and in kindness and in gentleness and in all these things, against such people, there is no law. Remember what I said about the word law? There's no element that limits such people. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So this is how you're going to manifest this year. You're going to begin to pray, Holy Ghost. And some of you have never prayed for the fruit of the Spirit. Because you were told this is something you don't pray for. The Holy Spirit comes and he just does it in you. And he's still not done it in you. Because you've got to ask him for it. You've got to say, Holy Ghost, I yield myself. Produce love in me. Produce your fruit in me. Why? Because I am supposed to be unlimited. There's no other promise in the Bible where it says against such. There is no law. My God. Let me finish. Two things only. Against such there is no law. Two things. 
Number one, it means against such. I've said the first one, there is no limit. So there is no upper limit. Against such, 